0: Real Men Feel with Andy Grant encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been told, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but all men can benefit from. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Now let's get to it. Hello and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. Uh, we're currently in the middle of holiday season, and, you know, 2020 is finally winding down. I, you know, some people feel like it's lasted a decade. Some people think it's going in the blink of an eye. But for everybody, it's been weird. So I hope you're navigating the weirdness as best you can. You know, one common thing I hear from lots of men is a struggle to make male friendships. So if that's something that the isolation of the pandemic has brought up and shown you in your life, I've recently created a short PDF listing all sorts of places that men can make new adult friends. That's available free. Visit realmenfield.org slash gift. Grab that and that'll put you on the, uh, the newsletter list her ep- information about future episodes and all those good things. So I invite you to do that. But first, don't go make friends yet. We've got a show to do. I'm very excited to talk to my guest today. She's mentor, author and speaker. She's a former digital marketing assistant and holistic pet professional who decided her life needed a 180 degree turnaround after finding she was thriving professionally, but seriously declining emotionally by being entangled in a painful cycle of addiction and unhealthy romantic relationships. It's my pleasure to welcome Malay Corona.
1: Thank you very much, Andy. I'm really excited and grateful. It's Thanksgiving. I'm grateful <laughs> for being here. <laughs>
0: My pleasure, my pleasure. Um, so, give everyone a bit of background. We, we've met. We are both in a coaching program of of kind of uh, how to support men more, and it's always it's it's mostly men, but there are a couple of women in it, and and you you are one of them. Yeah. Um, and you, where are you joining us from?
1: Well, I live in Mexico City.
0: Cool. And is that where you grew up?
1: Uh, I was born in the states, but I've been living in Mexico since I was a little kid. My parents are Mexican. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So. I know nothing about what it's like to grow up in Mexico. So why don't you just start by telling us, like, what was your experience growing up?
1: Well, that's a a great question. Um, It's so different. I mean, Hispanic culture is just so different. I find, uh, well, I found this out when I started, you know, like growing up. And given the fact that I was born in the States, I wanted to know more about the States. So, you know, I started traveling, uh, even studying a little bit over there. And I just saw, wow, this is so different. Because down here, we are very family-oriented. So um you know like people don't leave their homes even not not even after they're 30 or 40 you know like (laughs) I have like my like my oldest brother is still living with my parents you know so it's a very different culture it's like mm, people are so close to family and that makes it um a total different um way of developing and becoming an adult
0: it's funny I I thought the uh all sorts of assumptions that we all have about any culture that's not ours. um, I kind of thought the uh, the machismo of of Mexican culture would would not encourage a man to he like you know guys are leaving the house at thirteen to set their lives on fame and fortune. and but that's so that's really interesting to me that 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 guys stay in the family unit. so it is it's tight for a lot longer than than I imagined.
1: Cool. Well, you touch such an important point, you know, because that's funny. You're, you're right. I mean, I have never seen it that way. Like machismo should encourage men to be independent since very young, you know, like to become a man. Yeah. But actually, that's not what they do. It's like you stay close to your mom. Uh, like there's a very strange relationship here in Mexico between like sons and mothers. And also, you know, like with like men and their wives, you know, it's like they are very dependent from them. And at the same time, some women here are very, you know, like um, bossy, you know, and very controlling of the men. So like actually today that we were seeing this book that they were showing us in our mentoring program about women abusing men, I was like, whoa, that's so common here in Hispanic culture, you know, but it's so subtle, so subtle that nobody sees it. It's like. Like, you know, like machismo is so scandalous, you know, it's like it's uh, like so common to think machismo is full of men who are hitting or beating women. But the truth is that there is also a maturity here and women are very subtle in the ways they control men. So that's why uh, a lot of men, even when they're old, even after they're married. They still they still have these very toxic and dependent relationships with their mothers, and it's basically their mothers who are like controlling their lives, and that's uh, something that, for instance, happened with my with my family. Like I hate we don't really celebrate Thanksgiving here in Mexico, but we do celebrate Christmas Eve and you know like these um, like um, New Year things with the family. I tell you, it's very family oriented, and I remember that I hated these holidays because it was always. Uh, there was, there would always be a fight between mom and dad because mom hated my dad's family and my dad hated my mom's family. Why? Because my, my, my dad's mom hated my mom. So he would be like, how did you marry that woman? You know, she's not good for you, blah, blah, blah. And the same would be uh, happening in, in my mother's family about my father. They didn't like my father, you know? So it's like parents are still controlling their lives of their, of their, children, even when they're adults, but they they still kind of behave like children sometimes. So, yeah. Okay.
0: So as young as you can remember, were you aware of that your family unit was, was it dominated by dad or, or mom or equal or just always fighting? What what was that like?
1: Well, yeah, I I mean, of course, I didn't understand it as as well as I see it now that I know all the terms, you know, and the history. But I, I do remember that since a very, very, very early age. Um, there there was something that that just was not right in the way my parents would like behave to each other and the way they would behave with us you know um i have an older brother so i would see the difference between how he how he was treated how i was treated then i have some younger sisters so you know i like i remember since very early i really don't know how old i was but i do remember i was very very young and i remember that i questioned myself like why, why does this happen? You know, like, uh, why do men get certain treatment? Why do women get certain treatment? And how should I behave in order to get treated the way I want to be treated, you know?
0: And what sort of answers did you have? Did you not have answers? We all just we were just asking this and never figuring it out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the fact that I was just like a child, you know, I, of course, I didn't know who to ask, because, There's all there's also something very interesting about this family nucleus. It's like there's a silence, you know, nobody talks about these things. So it's like you shut up and you just follow the rules. So I remember that if I tried to express myself, there would be problems. So I learned since a very early age that I had to shut up and just like kind of do what I was like asked to do. And the funny thing is I, when I was a teenager, you know, I became very rebellious and I started like speaking up and I started to acting out, like acting out and stuff. And that of course created huge problems. Um, But I really feel that after that, you know, like, um, like in my, uh, my young adult years, when I started to uh, not going into the, the extremes, you know, not really shutting up and standing at all, but not also rebelling against everything, but really finding like a, a middle point um it was easier to understand well you know nobody not even my parents realized this was happening like they were just following this pattern from their ancestors it's like you don't talk about it you just shut up and uh, for instance like how this is the way women are uh, and still in mexico they are uh, you know like trained to just 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 shut up just please your husband and don't make him angry you know and and It's, it's like, like when you try to talk about that, like even with my mom and it happens sometimes and still happens nowadays when I um, tell her something, you know, like mom, that was not right. That's, that's not cool that you let my father speak to you like that or whatever. If I make a comment, she goes like, oh no, 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 no. Uh, uh, It's, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, Just let it be, you know, Uh, he has a lot of stress, you know, like she just like kind of covers it up and let's move on to the next point.
0: So then in 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 your parents in your household growing up, it wasn't it wasn't your mom wasn't dominating like you're talking about you seeing in some cultures. She was much more protective and and we dare not upset dad.
1: Well, the funny thing is, even, even if it seems, you know, now I can see it, even if it seems that she was not dominating, they are dominating by being the victims. Hmm. You know, it's it's funny. It's like the, the two this the two sides exist, you know. It's it's a it's a game they are playing all the time. It's like I'm the victim and through my victimhood, I get what I need, you know, and the, and the other side is, you know, I'm the macho man and through my domination and my rage, I get what I need. So it's a game. It's always two people playing always.
0: But, but both at times, both, both parties dominating or, or attempting to dominate and, and bit of manipulation on Mm -hmm. kind of on the stereotype and then working against them. Yeah. It's very Mm -hmm. complicated.
1: Yeah, very (laughs) complicated. There are so many dynamics, you know, Um, you know, exactly today that we also like this book, I was talking about the one that says uh, women abuse men. You know, it's something I discovered um, in recent years. uh, I was dating a guy uh, who was telling me, like it was a beautiful uh, relationship, you know, Like, like, like it was very open and we were sharing our stories of the past, you know, past lovers, past experiences with our family, whatever. And I was impressed, you know, at all the stories he was sharing of how women abused him and manipulated him and used him and blah, blah, blah. It was like, whoa, you know, that's a total different world for me because, I mean, the way my mom manipulates my, my dad is by being the victim. But there are actually women who are taught to manipulate men by, you know, like, I will not give you sex, Um uh, you know, like you have to give me money. You know, like like so many other ways to do it. So it's 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 really it, it really happens both ways. It's uh, crazy. Hmm.
0: So what was your relationship with your dad like? It sounded like you were, were you just kind of like living in fear of this volatile man, or is it? Hopefully, it was more than that.
1: Yeah. Well, I remember that. Like honestly, since since I can remember, I adored my dad. You know, uh, I think. Basically, that happens to every single girl It's like daddy is hero, you know, and you love him. But how like I I remember having this crash, you know, like I loved him, but I felt hurt by him. Like whenever it was funny, like it was more like an like a utopic. um relationship like because like, when he was not home which was often he was an absent father in the fact that he was you know like this following this traditional role of the provider so he worked a lot we were five children so it was not easy to keep up with the finances so he was uh, absent very often and I remember that he, when he was absent I was you know like Dreaming of the next time I would see my father, you know, it's like, oh, my father, I love him. He's amazing, blah, blah, blah. And when he came, it would be like, daddy. And then he would be stressed or angry or whatever. And it would be like, he would reject me. So that would be like, boom, reality crash, right? Mm. And I remember growing up like that. It was like a love hate relationship. But when I was younger, as I told you, I I learned to shut up and just like, like, like learn that's the way it is. But when I became a teenager, I just couldn't handle it anymore. And that's when I b- became very rebellious and I would like speak back to him or challenge him. You know, I, I realize now that I was doing a lot of things that he hated just to call his attention. You know, like for instance, uh, they are very traditional and Catholic and you know, like all these uh, women look like this, behave like that, men do this and they act like this and they wear this kind of clothes. So I was starting to do all the opposite. You know, I started to dress in crazy. Actually, I started to dress like a man and, and while well, this is related to something else um, that happened when I was young, as I tell you, I started seeing that there was a different treatment between the way my brother was treated and the way my me and my sisters were treated. So I was like, it's so cool. It's like, it's cooler. You know, like the way my brother is treated uh, seems cooler. And also the way my father lives seems cooler than the way my mom lives. So I was I was identifying myself more with the, with the males in my home because you know, I I kind of feel that my personality is like, I'm I'm very um, adventurous. So I couldn't just stand the idea of I have to stay home and be a woman who stays home and cleans the house and takes care of the children. I was like, no, I want to go out and travel and see the world. And I want to make money. And I want to make friends and I want to go to parties. So I saw that, you know, like my father was doing all these things. And in a way, in my mind, somehow, when I was a child, I thought that I needed to be a man in order to be allowed to do those things. Hmm. So when I became a teenager, you know, and when I started to be more in touch with like my gender identity and everything, I I could not identify myself as a woman. So I remember like looking at myself in the mirror, particularly once my body started to develop. I was like, I, I hate this, you know. I hate these breasts, and I would hide them. And I hate my long hair, and I would cut it. and I hated makeup, I hated dresses, you know, anything that made me feel like a woman or that I would relate to being a woman, I hated it. I hated Barbie dolls, I hated, you know, like anything of this, like the standards of, if you're a girl, that's what you should do. So that started to create a real big clash between me and my dad, because my dad was like, how come my daughter is going to be a lesbian or be like a tomboy or whatever? So the more I saw that that was causing him trouble, the more I was like increasing my attitudes and increasing the way I would call his attention. And I kind of feel it's like it was two things. Like I, A part of me wanted to challenge him, to make him love him just the way it was. But also a part of me wanted his attention. And that was the only way I was getting it. So...
0: So it wasn't like a, a conscious rebellion against gender roles. It was just really personal in your relationship trying to trying to get attention.
1: Yeah. The funny thing is at that point I hated women. You know, like I hated my starting with myself. I hated the fact that I was female. And I I remember that when I saw women who were very feminine, you know, like looking sexy, cute, whatever. I I just thought they're stupid. They're they're worthless you know Uh, I would rather develop my mind it's more important to be intelligent and to be professional and to have a career and to have a business you know but I understand that somehow that's the assumption I made in my life because I kind of learned that it was very imbalanced you know like if you were a man you had a lot of privileges if you were a woman it's like that was boring that was really um you know, like like even even I feel that it was like um can't find the right word for that, but it's like something that is not valuable, you know. Um, so I see how I was you know like imbued by these concepts that I mean, let's not talk about men and women, just feminine and masculine energies. You know, it's like like in 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 this system, there's this idea that the masculine whatever thing is masculine ideas masculine uh, behaviors masculine energies are more important or more more valuable than the feminine ones the feminine talking about creativity thinking about expression thinking thinking maybe uh, about emotions this is what the system basically makes you believe you know like you and I remember my father was a real big encourager of that Um, I was very creative and I've, I've always been very artistic and they would always tell me there's no future In that, you know, there's no future in being so sensitive. There's no future in being artistic. There's no future. What makes money and what makes a life is, you know, be an engineer, be a doctor, be something that will take you somewhere and that will make you some money and that will provide you a life. So at that point in my teenage years, I I, I feel that I had like sucked up all those concepts somehow. And starting with the fact that it made me reject myself, I was also rejecting my mother, my sisters, women around me. But the funny thing is there was like a, like a clash because on one side I was hating the feminine, but on the other side, I didn't have a good relationship with the masculine because I had this idea that the masculine hurts, the masculine is aggressive, the masculine, um, you know, it's always in control. So it's funny, like I wanted to be a man, but at the same time, I didn't like men either. You know, I was totally confused, totally yeah. like.
0: It almost seems like you 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 were only experiencing the worst aspects of both. Exactly. Yeah. Or or even if there was something you liked, if there was an aspect of femininity that you liked somewhere in you, but the masculine side was saying, "No, that's not worth encouraging, and that's not valuable." Wow. Were you aware? Was this something you shared with NB at the time? Like, did you tell talk to friends about this? Did did were other girls having this sort of reaction to the gender roles?
1: No, you know, the funny thing is I was in an all-girls school, Catholic school, and when I started realizing that all this was happening within me, and I I remember, I mean, the first experience I had was when I was 12, like 12, 13, I I was in junior high, and I remember that I started to feel like sexual attraction for a girl in my classroom, like I would love to see her, but at the same time, I hated her. You know, it's like I would see her and I I remember that I kind of liked her very feminine shape. You know, she had this really nice silhouette and I I liked to see her, but at the same time, I hated her because she was so pretty and so feminine, you know, and I was wondering what the hell is going on with me. And I remember that not, not, um, not a lot of time passed by when in this Catholic school, we had a conversation, you know, like they, like they uh, gathered all of us and they gave us a conversation about homosexuality, given from a Catholic perspective, you know. So they were telling us, of course, that's not of God. That's a sin. And if you feel that um, you feel attracted to somebody from your same sex, don't be confused. It's not sexual. You just admire that person. And that's why you feel attracted. And I was like, oh, that's exactly what's happening to me. Great, great. (laughs) So I convinced myself, you know, like in that moment, junior high, oh, okay, it's just that. Maybe I admire her for some strange reason, And that's why I'm feeling this, you know. Then uh, when I was 15, there was another girl in my classroom. And I, I remember I hated her. I hated her. Because she, um, it, by that time, I was like a, a rock star, you know, I, I played the drums, I was, as I tell you, I was dressing very much like a boy. And I remember that I was very much into like the music thing. So that was my way to f- to feel cool and call attention. So this girl played guitar. And I, I remember I hated her like, how can she play guitar if she's so feminine? Because she was like, really feminine. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like a feminine girl cannot be a rock star. Cannot play a guitar. So I hated her. And then it turns out that I was misbehaving and they changed my seat next to her. And I was like, Oh, that sucks. Like, like now they sit me next to this girl I hate. And we became best friends, like super best friends, you know? And uh, I remember that I started feeling against sexual attraction uh, for her. And now I started dreaming about it, you know, and it was really strange for me. And I was like, what's going on with me? So the first thing I thought is I need to kill myself. You know, like seriously, I thought if I tell this either to her, to my teachers, to my parents in this system where I live, I don't belong. Like there's no place for somebody like me. So I, I, the first thing I thought is I'm going to kill myself, you know, and I seriously thought about it. Like I, I, and then when I started like talking to her, because it, it, it was so funny, like she was the one who ended up telling me that she was in love with me. So we started a relationship that was my first love relationship, you know, with, with this girl. And uh, I started telling her how I felt, you know, like I, I don't like to be a woman. Um, I love you. I love the way you look. I love the way that you're feminine. Um, but I just don't like myself. And she told me, well, she was, you know, like, like her family was not so traditional. So she had a lot of like new ideas and stuff. So she told me, well, you can change your sex. You can get a surgery. And I was like, wow, can I really do that? Yeah, you can. I was like, well, I'll do that. And she told me, yeah, you know, when we finish high school, we're going to get married. I'll help you pay for your surgery. You're going to be a handsome guy. You know? <laughs> and it was so funny. So um, by the time I felt it was cool that there were options to change your sex and everything. But of course I was not daring to tell anybody in my family. And in the end, well, they they turned out to, well, they, they ended up um, knowing what was going on between me and this girl, because the school told them, you know, it was a mess. Like they really wanted to kick me out of the school and my parents wanted to take me to a mental institution, you know, so it was really hard. And corresponding to that time when my parents uh, found out that I was gay, um, I found out that my father was cheating on my mother and that was for me another clash. you know how come my parents you know traditional catholic perfect marriage you know how come they they they're like punishing me for being gay but my father is unfaithful you know I couldn't believe it I was like How am I supposed to understand that this is wrong and that's okay? And I remember that that's when, that's exactly the point where I started to become even more rebellious and to speak up. And I told him, I I really challenged my father and I I told him, what's up? Like, how come you, you are trying to send me to this mental institution while you are cheating on my mom? And you know what he said? He said, Male, when you grow up one day, you will understand it. And I was like, okay, he might be right. Maybe one day I will understand that cheating is okay. You know, that this is normal and this is what happens. So it's, it's it was it was for me that was really hard. And the only way I knew how to handle all that pain and confusion was um, st- I started doing drugs and drinking because I, I just like, I was so angry at everything that was going on that my, my response was, well, I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to destroy myself because I don't want to destroy my father even if he's doing crazy things I love him I don't want to destroy my mother like I didn't even want her to know that she was being cheated on because first of all I felt you know I felt like uh how do you call like if somebody commits a crime and somebody helps them how do you call that person like accomplice exactly I felt like accomplice of my father because I knew what was going on Um. but I didn't want to tell my mom because I was going to destroy her you know so I had to keep it all and so this, that, this,
0: this wasn't, the, the family did not discover this affair, just only you did.
1: Only I did. It was an accident, you know, like, like, exactly. Like a few days after they discovered that I was gay and they took me out of school and they were planning to send me to this mental institution. It, it was, a, it was going to be the birthday of my, my best friend, you know, somebody else. And I went to buy some flowers near the hospital. And the same day, my father had been having like real bad headaches, you know, like he was going through a lot of uh, like uh, health problems. And he went to the hospital and I heard a call before I went to buy the flowers. I heard a call. It was an accident. Like I just overheard he he, my mom said, do you want me to join you in the hospital? And he said, no, 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 no. I want to go alone. Um the doctor said that he doesn't really have any appointments available. So I'll be there just waiting. If somebody cancels, I'll, I'll take advantage of that. So I heard that he said, don't go with me. And I just thought, well, maybe, maybe this is serious. Maybe he doesn't really want us to know that he has a real serious health condition or whatever. So he, like I'm buying the flowers. It turns out that they sell flowers near the hospital. So I was buying the flowers And then suddenly I see my father arrive to the hospital and then I see another car arrive. And from that car, this woman, um, like comes out of the car. She was my mom's best friend. And then they meet and they start kissing, you know, (laughs) and start making out. And I go like, what? Like he didn't want my mom to join him in the hospital. And this woman is here. And then they're kissing like, what the hell? (laughs) So it was shocking. It was yeah. shocking. And I mean, I was the only one there. So nobody knew.
0: Wow. Uh, so your dad said, one day you'll understand that that yeah. men cheat and it's okay. So yeah. d- did that day ever come? Do you understand that now?
1: Yes, it came. But it's been a process, you know? Um you know, like, like, like fast forward more to the future when I like around six years ago that I started to really, really, really become aware that something was going on between the genders and that I needed to figure out what it was, you know, and I wanted to understand, man, I, that that happened because I was at the time I was in a very hard relationship with a man that was like my father's clone, my father's clone. And I said, well, yeah, exactly. I, this is happening because I I have not um, healed my relationship with my father. So now somehow my energy is trying to heal my relationship with this man in front of me. And I said, "I, I want to figure this out. I really want to understand what the hell is going on. And I wanted to understand them, you know, like I really wanted to understand how it is for them. And that has like really, really opened my eyes to so many levels of things that men go through that I didn't have an idea, you know, because usually when you see this imbalance and you see men up and women down, you think, wow, they have the best life, you know, like they have the privileges. We are the victims, but that's not true. Actually, both are suffering the same things just in different manifestations, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. the same things. So Yeah, I did understand why my father was cheating on my mom. I did understand what my mom did that, you know, like what both did that, that hurt each other and that created that gap between them. And that made my, like for my father, the option was to cheat. For my mom, the option was to overeat and to be depressed. You know, like they have different ways to manifest their pain.
0: And, and that's really what it all is. It's everybody trying to avoid their pain. And it sounds like you were willing to, you, well, finally, you wanted to dive in and try to heal it, understand it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I really don't know why, but I think it's because I'm very stubborn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so initially, it seems like you're, you're kind of wanting to understand masculinity and study and work with men was really for, for healing. So when did it become a desire to, or has it ever become a desire to work with men to help them understand themselves?
1: Oh, well, when I started learning about men, I just knew more men need to know this, you know, like, <laughs> oh, and of course more women too, but particularly more men, you know, because the question for me started coming when I started working with myself And I started actually healing my femininity because I had this hate towards my femininity. So I started healing my femininity and I started seeing that there were so many resources to become an empowered woman, you know, And I started seeing that actually it worked, you know, like, woof, like, I mean, I see myself now and I compare myself to those years when I hated my body, when I hated the feeling of being a woman. And now it's like, whoa, I love to be a woman. I love, you know, to, to feel my femininity. Actually, sometimes I even... Now it happens like kind of the opposite. Sometimes I even prefer to be more in my femininity than in my masculinity. So when I have to work a lot, I really feel like oh I'm drained. I want to go dancing. I just want to go and take a shower and light up light candles, you know. And and now I understand like this is really um my like my purest or more most authentic essence. But I was denying myself of meeting this side of myself. So when I started like learning about my femininity and how you know like as you said and you said it very well earlier when you said i was getting the worst of the feminine and the masculine so when i started to have contact with the best of the feminine and i saw how healing that was i started wondering so what's going on with men in a world that it's all about women's empowerment like where are they why are we not inviting them what's going on like like, like, why are we supposed as women to be empowered and to be better and to grow, but, but why are we not encouraging men to feel whole too? So that's, you know, like where I started to have these questions and I now being an adult was able to start finding answers, you know, like looking for books, looking for courses, looking for people, mentors, coaches, etc. And, and it was eye-opening because I started to see the reality, you know, like it's not like men are having the best time of their lives. They're really struggling as well, but there's this silence around it and it's not well seen. They don't have so much permission as women have. And I just felt a lot of love and compassion. You know, I, I, my father is still the most important man in my life. And I just felt like, whoa, if my father knew this, you know, like if he knew that, that he has just been carrying all this pain from his ancestors and that he has a chance to change if he wants. And if he knew why he's so angry all the time, if he knew, you know, like why he feels disconnected from us all the time, even though he loves us so much, wouldn't that be healing? Wouldn't that be liberating as it has been for me to understand him, you know? So it's funny because it's been evolving a lot in the beginning, I just wanted every man to know it, you know. But now I also understand that you cannot impose these things on people. Like really, people want to like they need to want to change, they need to to reach a point in their life that is so painful that they want to get out of there. If they don't reach that point ever, no matter how much like you know, like I, I have gifted books to men, I have You know, like invited them to conferences, you know, like you can do it. But if if people are not ready or um, desiring a different way of living, there's not much you can do. So. Also, I learned that when you are trying to change somebody, you are controlling them and it's you, you are trying to change them because of your own benefit, like it's like, for instance, my mom has always wanted my father to be different because she would like to have a husband who would support her, who would blah, 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 you know? But that's what she would like for herself. And that is kind of selfish, you know? And I, and I realized that that has uh, that was what I was doing with my father too. Like I was trying to make him the father I needed, but I was not accepting him as he is. And the funny thing is that when you accept it, there is more chance for change, you know? I, I am right now experiencing a very interesting part of my journey. I think this is actually the most crucial time of this journey with my father, because I finally, after after years of working with myself and everything, I was able to step up. You know, I was able to recover my power as a woman and and to say, this is this is what I like, this is what I don't like. And these are the things I will put up with. These are the things I will not tolerate in my life, you know. So even with my father, I started to show up in a different way. It was not a rebellious way anymore. It was a way of respect and dignity. So I started telling him, Dad, you know, I love you, but you're not going to speak like, like that to me anymore. That's over. Uh, and when, when I started showing up that way, whoa, whoa, his rage went to levels that were unimaginable because he couldn't control me anymore. And unfortunately, we had a real, real bad fight. That was like almost six months ago. And he stopped talking to me. You know, he, he actually stopped talking to me. The funny thing is I was, I was not worried. I knew this was part of the process. And I knew it was needed. And I felt good with myself because I knew that I had done the right thing and that I did it with respect and with love. And, uh, well, I, I shared this with, with you and the guys in the mentoring program uh, um, not long ago. It was his birthday, November the 3rd. And I went to see him, you know, because in my heart, I felt that I, I love my father. I accept him the way he is. It's his birthday. And I want to be there, you know, because he is alive. And these are the times I want to take advantage of, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be visiting his tomb. I mean, if I had the chance to visit him right now, but but I prepared myself. I told myself, you know, Male, it's very probable that he won't talk to you. It's very probable that he even will get mad and maybe even kick you out of the house. I don't know, worst scenario, you know? So I prepared myself and I said, you know what? It doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't care whatever he does because I am following my heart. I just want to be there. Say, dad, I'm here because I love you. Happy birthday. And it doesn't matter what you do. That doesn't correspond to me anymore. You know, it's like, That doesn't belong to me and yeah it was not the best experience um however the funny thing is I felt that by doing that I was able to release like energetically you know I was able to release my dependence to my father's um acceptance you know or like I was always complying to whatever he needed from me or whatever or I was doing the opposite if I was not complying I was rebelling you know So I felt that something happened that night, actually, that I even have like an emotional release, an energetic release, but also even a physical release. I became very ill and I started like to purge, you know, like to purge all that energy. I had even at this dream that was so powerful where I was in the middle of this shamanic ceremony and they told me, Male, it's about time to let it go. You have to let it go. And I was resisting, you know, I was resisting. And I, there were like these really deep sounds coming through my body. So strange, so profound. And then suddenly, when I allowed myself to liberate, I started like purging objects out of my body. And one of those objects was a knife. And I remember that when I finished, I, I looked at all those objects and I said, wow, from all these objects here, the only one I recognize is this knife. I myself swallowed it. And for me, that was so you know, like so um revealing. It happened in the night of my father's birthday in their home, you know. And then I actually started like when I woke up from that dream, I actually started like vomiting for real. I was feeling super ill. But but I knew, I knew this is happening because I'm releasing all this energy. I'm releasing finally this really toxic connection with my father. And this is going to be so healing for us. So that was November the third. I went to their house last weekend because I needed to leave my dogs, like ask them to to pet sit for me uh, because I was going to take a course. So I left my dogs, blah, blah, blah. And then when I was leaving, um, I said, well, thank you so much. Bye-bye. And my father was there. So I just told him, well, thank you very much, dad. Um, See you later. And he was just like, "Hmm, cool, whatever, you know? And I told him, like it was, my mom was there, my, my dad and my sisters. And I'm telling them, I, love, I love all of you very much. See you soon. So I left. And I was about to start, you know, like like start the car. And suddenly my father appears next to me and he says, let me check uh, your engine and your car just to see that everything is working fine. It was like, <laughs> I was like, so, so cute. You know, that's the way for him to tell me, I love you. He cannot tell me in words. He cannot hug me. He cannot, you know, be vulnerable. But he can tell me, let me check your car, you know? And I just knew in that moment, whew, you know, this curve that Dr. Jed was talking about mm-hmm. today, I just passed that lowest point. We yeah. are starting it's to go upswing.
0: up. Yeah. Wow, that's powerful. To put this, To put the big picture together, <clears throat> that you were seeing the most distorted aspects of femininity and masculinity and trying to model it, trying to live your life with what you're seeing, which your parents were, I think each generation distorts it more and more. It gets more out of whack until somebody is willing to try to dig in to, to feel the pain so that they can heal it. And, you know, you, you resisted this, ah, this, this feeling of the distortion that you could feel thought it was you, you fight it with drugs, alcohol, questioning, gender, sexuality, and you couldn't be authentically you until you saw it for all it was. Have a, how Again, the distortion, the, the the mismatching, the the worst aspects of, of really beautiful things. Masculinity and femininity are, are beautiful things yeah. when you yeah. when you can embrace them. So, you know, kudos to you for embracing all that, doing all that hard work. And it, it has it helped beyond you? Do, you? do you see your entire family kind of healing and being closer? Is, is the communication any freer between your mom and dad, your brothers and sisters?
1: Well, the funny thing is, yeah, like like since I started my own um, like personal growth journey, I've seen changes, you know, in my family without me having to actually tell them anything, you know. I believe this is because of the energy part of it, you know, like um, when you like we are a system as a family. So when one piece of the system starts changing, everything starts changing, you know. So for instance, I was the, the first one to leave my home, to leave the family, to become independent, because I because of, of the fact that I was having these real big clashes with my father. And that changed so many things. But the like the like the only thing that I realized is that when I left that time, I was I was young and I was kind of running away from the pain. So when I left that time I was I was not understanding that I was leaving in order to heal. I was leaving because I was running away from it. And after 10 years of living on my own I was encountering the same problems but now in my partners, you know? So that was when when I got finally struck in my last relationship when I was like this this cannot be. Like there has to be something that I'm not seeing. There has to be something You know, like my first relationship was with this very, because I was a very masculine woman at the time. So it was with this very um, feminine guy. And I was just treating him like my father would treat my mom. You know, I was super dominant, uh, like really demeaning him all the time, um, diminishing him all the time, you know, like uh, not seeing his worth, you know. And actually, financially, even, I was supporting him. I was the one who worked. He stayed home, you know, so it was like I was just repeating the part. We were fighting all the time until, you know, like I kind of got tired of that five years later. And like I, I told him, you know, I, this is not the way I want to live my life. I come from a family who's been fighting all my life. I don't want to be fighting with you. So fortunately, he was able to see it and it was very like like we got to be very you know like grown-ups in that sense and we agreed to stop the relationship and now we're super good friends and after that a few years later I started this relationship with this man who was the opposite you know he was like my father the clone of my father super dominant and I was just acting like my mom like yes, whatever you say darling doesn't matter hit me okay I can I can deal with that you know and I was like, no, I had promised myself that I would never be like my mom. Now I'm being my mom. What the hell is going on with me? You know, so um, I, I feel that those two relationships were so revealing because I could see myself in both roles. And after that, I said, OK, I want to see who I really am. I'm not my mom. I'm not my dad. Who am I? So that's been the journey lately. Only lately. Lately.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's always the journey. That's the journey that doesn't end, but I'm I'm glad it. Yeah. I'm glad it's coming through much better experiences than, than only the painful experiences one for you. Cool. So what comes top of mind? i ask you, like, what do you wish more men knew? What, what do you want men to become aware of?
1: Well, now I have a, a better sense of what I want or what I would really Desire for them, you know? And now that I understand that we all have feminine and masculine energies and that like the fact that we find, when we find the the true expression of those energies within ourselves, it's like the healthier, the healthiest we feel, the, you know, like, like, the, like the freest we become and now I, I I think that that's exactly what I what I desire for men. You know, I desire that they find their own expression of their masculine and feminine energies. That they allow themselves to to express them, whatever you know, whatever they look like. Because there's nothing more liberating than that. You know, like uh, in my in my experience, at least so far, it's like whoa. You know, like this is me. Wow. So. I give myself permission to be sexy. I give myself myself permission to be loving, to be whatever, you know, or, or sometimes I need to be more masculine and I need to be organized and I need to be focused, you know, and I give myself permission for that. Even for instance, when I, that was very interesting for me. When I started to heal my femininity, I went bankrupt, bankrupt, seriously. Like before that, I, I owned a business, you know, I was super uh, professional and always excelling in my work. But when I started to become feminine, no money, zero money. Because my in my mindset, if you're feminine, no money. So it was awful. And, you know, I, I have been going through that process of, Male, you can be feminine and you can be making money. And right now, like uh, you know, like this recent, uh, like, 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 probably the last two years of my life, have been showing me that it is possible to be feminine and to be the boss. <laughs>
0: cool, cool, indeed it is. Yeah, um, and it, it seems like it's, uh, you know, you're you're preordained to go on this journey and and to work with men and help discovering and investigating masculinity. With, you know, your name Malay and in English, do do a lot of people that you deal with in the states, do they think your name is male? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, as a joke, people used to call me male <laughs> in school.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're currently you're. Uh, t- tell me about your project, male male wholeness.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, male wholeness is directed to, you know, like what I look to do is to inspire men to dig deep within themselves, to allow themselves to explore these two energies, because even. You know, like, for instance, very masculine men. Now now I even, you know, like separate men and women in, in this kind of broader categories. There are masculine men, feminine men, masculine women, feminine women, and anything in between, you know? So for instance, I li- I really like to work with very masculine men because that's like my father's energy, you know? Mm, and what I like them to, to realize is, okay, you have met, your masculinity but many of those aspects of your masculinity that you have met have been wounded so let's help you meet some other aspects of your masculinity that are more empowering and now uh, once i do that i i go like okay now that you have met these aspects of your masculinity that are more empowering would you dare to meet your feminine energy and you know like it's it's really interesting because The healed masculine really wants to protect and support the feminine. So, at least for myself, in my experience, when I healed my feminine, my masculine became, you know, like, like I don't want to let her go anymore. You know, I don't want to lose her. I don't want to hurt her. So, that's exactly how I feel about myself. It's like, now that I have uh, recovered this part of myself, I go like, there's other part of myself that says, I don't want to let her go. I want to protect her. I want to uh, make money for her, you know, even that side of me woke up. So I feel that when, when, a, when a man starts to be in contact with these healed aspects of his masculinity and then his femininity, for a very masculine man, we we're talking, because for them, it's kind of hard to do the first step to go directly into the feminine. I feel they start, they start understanding a lot lot more, you know, like, because now they are working from their healed masculine towards their feminine, you know, Mm. it starts happening that suddenly there is a desire, a unique desire to protect the feminine and to take care of the feminine, call it the earth. You know, I I start seeing the change in men. They start, many of them manifested, like they start wanting to eat better, Mm -hmm. eat cleaner, you know, like they want to have a better relationship with their food, or they start wanting to exercise more, or to have a relationship with their body. They want some of them manifested like they start wanting to to have more self care in their lives. You know, so they start having this relationship with the feminine aspect of their life in a way that they had never explored before. You know, because before, what I find more often is they are experiencing the feminine through addiction. Addiction is feminine but it's toxic, you know. Um, They are exploring the feminine through like even addiction to sex, for instance. It's like, yes, they are in contact with their body, with their sexual energy, but it's through a way of numbing down, you know. It's like not really being aware. So when they start experiencing the feminine in a a way that um, is providing healing, nourishment, you know, um, I, 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 I don't have words. To explain it because it's a very feminine process actually <laughs> but it's yeah it's like the masculine starts to not want to let go of that you know
0: cool. and and what's the best way for people to connect with you find out what you're up to
1: well i have a website it's uh maleholeness.com or through my um facebook it's also at wholeness. so whichever I think those are the ones that I would check most often.
0: <laughs> cool, cool. We'll be sure and have those listed at realmenfield.org in the show notes for this episode. Um, Malay, I really wanna uh, thank you and appreciate you for sharing so openly and authentically of, of yourself, of your family. Um, you know, being willing to, to dig through all that, to make sense of that, and realizing that you can help then help make others make sense of, of their experience as well. Cause that, that's what I find to be um, so important. In, in any mm-hmm. in one person's journey is then realizing, oh, I can help others along this journey too.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: But, but I do have to ask, uh, did you ever share about your dad's affair or not?
1: No, I didn't have to. You know, like all things come to the surface when they have to come. Yeah. So, okay. of course, my mom knows yeah. now. <laughs> but it wasn't me. <laughs>
0: all right. And your parents are still together? Yes, they are. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. Well, good for them. And uh, I hope the healing continues and everyone everyone gets to uh, be more authentic in themselves uh, back when I first started the show I always would say that you know the only definition of masculinity that matters is yours and you tell yeah. if it's good because you you feel good you you like your definition because you're living it and you know and then really that that's true for femininity as well mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. I guess it's really it's true for any label like, exactly we could we can take on any label and you know choose to keep it if it feels good just like choosing clothes or hair color or anything like that so yeah so thanks for uh trying lots of things on and seeing what was authentically you
1: yeah yeah it's a long process and that's also something i always share you know you have to be willing to experiment and you will fail a lot you will fail a lot (laughs) it's part of the fun
0: yeah yeah and it and what i think was edison that said you know he he, uh, he didn't think things are failures he went through like thousand different things to be filaments in the light bulb He just I found thousands of ways that didn't work until I found the one that did work and as opposed exactly. to calling it failure so yeah so keep billing, keep being willing to find things that don't work
1: mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> awesome.
0: awesome well thanks again Malay and uh, everyone uh, go to realmanfield.org for for links to connect and follow what you're up to learn more about male wholeness or learn more about your own uh, accessing and embracing your masculinity and your femininity because you do have both. No matter who or what you are, you got both. It, uh, it is much more energetic, emotional, spiritual. It's you know allows you to be the total package. So again, visit realmenfield.org. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, and until next time, be good to yourselves. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Contact us at RealMenFeel at gmail.com. Learn more about author, coach, and healer Andy Grant at TheAndyGrant.com. If you enjoyed this episode, it would help us greatly if you gave a review wherever you are listening right now. It takes less than a minute and helps other people discover Real Men Feel.